Hey everyone and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is Sean Mills and today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. I want to share with you guys a little project that I worked on over the weekend at the off-grid homestead where I took two IBC totes and converted them into a outdoor shower. <clears throat> Which really just means I converted them into kind of like a little booth that you can get in and um, and you know, take a shower. So wanted to kind of walk through how easy this was, what tools I used. Um, I think having an outdoor shower is a great idea for any homestead for a bunch of different reasons. One of them is that, uh, when you're, when you're an off gridder, uh, a lot of times you're your own plumber. And that means that any plumbing issues, uh, you know, you, you fix yourself and we found that uh, plumbing is kind of the most fickle uh, issue that we run into. Uh, we might think that everything is fine with the plumbing and then we go to turn something on after a cold spell and we've developed a crack somewhere. Uh, now, I will say that a lot of that is caused by the fact that, you know, for the last several years, we haven't been living full time at the off-grid homestead. And so when we get some severe, uh, cold weather there, you know, we're not there running the wood stove, keeping the house warm. So, uh, this summer, right, when we move back, I think we'll probably mitigate that issue. Um, we never had a lot of freezing issues. Now that's not to say we didn't have plumbing issues, but we didn't have any freezing issues when we lived there full time. Cause obviously we're not going to let the inside of the house get below freezing. So, um, so just a couple, uh, things we decided to, to use two uh, used IBCs and we had an old, um, I think it's an eco temp, uh, portable water heater. Uh, it's, it runs off of a D battery igniter or maybe it's a C, it's a C battery igniter. Uh, and then you hook up a propane tank and a garden hose and you get hot water out of it. I've seen a lot of people use these for remote uh, showers. We actually got that from one of our first um, plumbing problems that we had at the house where our water heater went out. And while we were waiting on, you know, getting the replacement tankless water heater and getting all that plumbed in and everything, my mother-in-law actually gave us a, um, like I said, this portable uh, shower system. And it's capable of doing about a gallon and a half per minute at, at uh, the highest uh, temp. Uh, so that's plenty for a shower. We were literally, uh, when this hot water heater went out, we were literally boiling water and, and taking baths. Uh, boiling water and dumping it into the tub to wash dishes. Boiling water and dumping it into the tub to wash clothes. And so uh, it was probably about a... I don't know, a three week period there in between hot water heaters. And so, um, so when that eco temp showed up, that was a, a blessing because we could all get back to taking showers again. And so, um, anyways, we decided to repurpose that for the out. And if you guys hear a little bit of nasalness and sniffling, um, dealing with the last little bit of a upper respiratory infection that I, um, developed at the end of last week, and so I feel fine. I'm just a little coffee and a little nasally and everything. So apologies for that. But um, so long story short, uh, two IBC totes put together to build the stall. And we used an eco temp 
uh, for the water. Now, right now, the plan for the water input is just to run a garden hose uh, from the house's existing plumbing. Uh, as part of the Kickstarter that we're doing for the solar water pumping project, uh, I think I will probably end up converting one of those pumps over to a standalone uh, water system. And so we'll put probably a um, 55 gallon drum over there, but maybe another IBC full of water over there and use that to pump from uh, and pump into the outdoor shower system. So that's TBD. We'll figure that out. But here's how we decided to do it. So I picked one of the IBCs that actually had the steel pallet for the base and I used that for the bottom one and I cut a doorway out uh, of the metal with a four inch battery powered grinder. You guys have probably seen in my videos, I typically uh, stick with the rigid tools. I like the idea that if I blow out a battery or uh, blow out a tool, I can send it back and get a replacement for life. And so I, uh, I used a four inch uh, angle grinder. I actually used a grinding wheel because that's what I had. Um, you know, it would probably would have gone faster if I used a actual cutting wheel, but the grinding wheel worked just fine. And, and then I was able to use it to clean up the edges when I was done as well. And, um, so I cut the doorway on the long side. So, uh, a tote has a, um, a long side and a short side. Actually, I guess it would, I guess the way I'm describing it is probably wrong. So, uh, instead of instead of thinking about it from the standpoint of short side and long side, I put the drain on the opposite side of the entry. So you would walk in and the drain would be in front of you as you walked in. And I might have to angle that a little bit. I ran, I put it up on the porch when we were done and just dumped some water in there and it actually drained out very well. I mean, these things are meant to be drained, um, you know, once they're delivered to their location. So I might put a brick or something under the front of it just to give it a little bit more angle to make sure everything drains out. Um, but honestly I might not because it drained pretty darn well the way, just the way it was. So I cut the opening in the front. Um, yeah, actually that's how we'll describe it. So the back would be the side that you drain from and the front's the other side. So I cut a hole in the steel and then initially I used that same grinding wheel to cut the actual plastic now I had seen a couple videos on YouTube that showed people using you know a, a, a grinder uh, to cut that and so I thought that was the best way and it did kind of melt it a little bit um, and so it made a nice I guess you would call it um, smooth opening and uh, I, I didn't have any problems with that. I used a straight edge uh, to mark the lines. I put a little bit of a lip on the front, so maybe an inch above flat uh, is where I cut the horizontal line on the front. And then I had to go around the, the top and cut the hole because obviously the top needs to be open to the upper IBC. And I left about a three inch ledge all the way around the top, uh, which will eventually be used for um, shelving, but it also provides a place for me to secure the two IBC totes together. So once I had the bottom one cut out, and so again, I cut the metal out 
and then I cut the front of the plastic and then I cut the top of the plastic and I, then I had a nice little um, opening then I did took another IBC tote and so the ones that I had some of them were on the metal pallets and some of them were on wooden pallets so I chose one on a wooden pallet to do the top part because I was planning on taking the pallet off anyways so I took the cage off the pallet uh, pulled the cage off of the actual IBC tote and did the same thing I cut my opening now one of the things I did is I flipped the cage over so I put it in the cage upside down and my plan was to flip the tote upside down as well uh, now this was a benefit that I didn't think about when I was actually planning on uh, the design I wanted to have the drain on the upper um, IBC tote on the back as well so directly above the lower drain so that I could run uh, plumbing through the drain hole but one of the things that I didn't actually think about that ended up being a benefit was those um, cages have kind of standard opening in between the horizontal pieces except for on the bottom the bottom one is a little bit shorter because it's there to protect um, the actual drain opening and so when I flipped that over and cut that uh, I ended up with a taller hole than I otherwise would have had so I hope that makes sense let's say that the openings from top to bottom the way the tote is delivered are six inches and then the bottom one is three inches now those aren't actual measurements but I'm just trying to get you to picture in your head what I'm talking about by flipping that over the top gap from the top or in between the top two horizontal bars ended up being three inches instead of six so I actually gained three inches in my opening um, the other thing that I did on the second tote is I actually used a one-handed reciprocal saw uh, or some people call that a sawzall and I put a wood blade on it so like a pruning blade that cut through the IBC tote like butter every single time I cut an IBC tote from this date forward that is the tool that I will use super easy to control and I mean it just zipped through uh, that IBC tote so on the second one I went away from the grinder wheel and I was happy that I did uh, now, one of the things you will have to do is give yourself, you know, an, an initial opening to get the blade through to get started. And so you could drill a hole um, or you could use, you know, a different tool. I just used the grinder to kind of cut a slit and then went from there. Um, but a Forstner bit and drilling holes at each corner, once you had your pattern marked out, would have been would be another good option there because then you could go either direction. And so I'll probably try that in the future. Uh, as I make more projects out of these IBC totes. And so um, the other thing is I could have used the cutout from the first IBC as a template to mark the second one. I did not do that. I just took measurements um, and did the best I could to try to get them to match up. Honestly, that worked out pretty well. I ended up being about a half inch off on one side. And, and once I had the totes put together, I just went in and kind of shaved off uh, a little bit from the top and a little bit from the bottom to um, to even those up and so um, so again you know cut cut the top cut cut, cut the bottom uh, so then I went and took the bottom cage which is the one that had the pallet I put it up on the porch where I want this to go and by the way after I did all the work of putting the thing together I decided I wanted to move it so um, so there's that uh, but yeah so I put the bottom cage in and then I put the bottom tote in then I put the top tote on top of the bottom tote. 
And when I say towed, I'm talking about the plastic part. And then we flipped the top cage up and over uh, the the top tote. And that was a little bit of a job because, uh, as you can imagine, this thing's about eight foot tall now. Um, but the cage is super light, super easy to work with. It's got handles all over it, obviously. And so, uh, so it wasn't really a problem. So we flipped that over. Uh, and then for now, we just use zip ties to connect the um, cages together. And I also went in with a uh, 3 16 drill bit and drilled holes, two of them about an inch apart throughout uh, the inside that little shelf that I mentioned or the, where the um, IBC totes were cut out. And I ran zip ties through there, you know, down one side, up the other, uh, and then put them together. And, and that's holding the IBCs. <coughs> Excuse me. That is holding the IBCs themselves together. And so uh, that worked out really well. It's super solid. Uh, then, then, like I said, I went in there and kind of cleaned up the edges a little bit. I'll probably go back in once I'm done done and uh, just with a razor knife and just make all of those edges really nice. And then the other thing I'm going to do, so the, um, the thing that I didn't think about is that these IBC totes are not like perfectly square, right? They've got little uh, indentations and stuff in there. And so what we ended up with is <laughs> on either side, there was like a one inch gap. And it's just the contour of the IBCs together. If it, you know the IBC in the regular um, configuration has a little contour, a little dip in the middle of it, and so that dip in the middle on either side matched up with the dip that would have been on the top, you know, that was now the bottom on the tote that we flipped. And so with those two together, we ended up with about a one-inch gap, probably two foot wide. And so what I did is I just took one of the pieces that I'd cut off the top of the other IBC and uh, just cut it kind of like a patch and zip tied it to the outside. And that worked perfectly fine. Uh, so now we've got a, 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 you know, two IBC totes about eight foot tall, like I said. Uh, the bottom drain is where the water drains out. I just used a rubber boot uh, and a two inch pipe to kind of direct the water where I wanted to. So the rubber boot went around the drain um, fitting uh, and then to a two inch pipe that I ran off the edge of the um, porch and then put a 90 on that and then another two inch pipe to just put the water where I want it for now. Eventually I'll probably send that somewhere productive, but I don't know where it's gonna actually go quite yet. I know it's not gonna go where it is now. Um, because the ports that I use is the ports right outside our um, bedroom. And I mean, like we don't have where you can walk out the bedroom to the ports, but our window is right there. Um, and now when I'm laying in bed, looking out the window, uh, previously I could see the driveway and, you know, kind of the side of the house where people, where vehicles would approach. And that view is blocked now. Uh, so that, that outdoor shower is probably going to get moved to the opposite side of the house, maybe behind the house. Um, you know, I put it on the side that I put it on because I didn't want a ton of direct sunlight hitting it. And that is the east side of the house. So, uh, you know, once, the, once we get to about two in the afternoon, even in summer, the house itself would shade it. 
uh, which would give you a nice shaded afternoon spot to, you know, to take a shower outside. But, um, but like I said, I just don't like it there because it prevents me from being able to see what's going on, um, outside. So we're going to move that somewhere. Don't know where yet. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, so the, actual water heater is going to get mounted to the outside. Oh, uh, when we get to the permanent fix, what I'll do is actually drill through, uh, the two IBC cages and just go through with like some machine screws, uh, or bolts and nuts and secure that. Um, so that, you know, I don't have to worry about it going anywhere. I did put a couple, um, pins into, the porch and just ran a chain around that so if we get any high winds while we're not there the thing doesn't you know get flipped off the porch or anything and so the other thing was uh i'm gonna build a little shelf i think on the back of it so i'll have the water heater itself that'll be on the outside and then i'll have a little shelf for the propane tank to sit on and then like i said i think what i'll do long term is pair that with you know either another IBC tote or just a 55 gallon drum. Honestly, if I used a black 55 gallon drum, which I do have, um, you know, I could kind of preheat that water. So that might be something to think about. Um, or maybe something to think about putting in, in the winter when additional heating might be, uh, a good idea. Although I don't know how much we're going to use an outdoor shower in the winter. So just thinking out loud. Um, one of the other things I'm going to do is, on the inside where the IBC totes come together, I'm just going to take some pipe insulation. So probably half inch pipe insulation that's already cut down, uh, the middle. And I'll just run that all the way around, uh, that I'm referring to it as a shelf because that's what it's going to be used for. And so that does two things. One, it prevents someone if they were to slip and fall from potentially, you know, hitting a sharp surface with their hand trying to catch themselves. And two, it, it adds a little bit of a lip to that shelf uh, so that you can, <coughs> excuse me, Whew, that was a good one, so that you can um, put, you know, soap and other things like that on there. Now, I will say that the way that I built this, it, it is going to require some maintenance. It's not going to be a set it and forget it type of system. Um, I'll probably need to go in, you know, if it gets a bunch of use, I'll probably need to go in you know, at the end of every week and just kind of spray down, um, the flat surfaces and make sure that there's nothing kind of built up on those little, uh, insulation, uh, areas that I'm talking about. And so, you know, I might find a better option for that in the future, like some teak wood or something like that. But for now I've got some old insulation. So we're using things that we already have on the homestead. I did not buy a single component to do anything, uh, related to this build other than that wood blade saw, which I did not buy it for the build. I bought it for actually pruning trees. And uh, it just so happened that when I tried it on the plastic, it worked great. So, uh, yeah, so that's the thing. And uh, it'll give us a nice outdoor shower, uh, which is nice to have anyways. But it also is nice to have because when I remodel our bathroom in the off-grid homestead, we're going to be without a shower for a little while. And so, um, you know, I think we'll only be without a toilet for maybe a day and we've got other options for that, but, um, but you know, we might be out of a shower depending on what we end up doing for a week or more. 
And so having that secondary option is really nice. The other thing that's really nice is I could get kind of crazy with the water on this deal and, um, you know, just make it this kind of almost like a luxurious bath situation and, you know, pump like 50 gallons a minute or something crazy like that. Ah, Maybe not 50 gallons a minute, but how about a five gallon a minute shower? That would be kind of crazy. And I know some of you are thinking, oh my gosh, why would you waste all that water? Well, the way that we're doing this, that water will not be wasted. Um, Once we get the permanent location for this, uh, this will actually be tied into our existing gray water system. And, um, you know, the indoor shower and the outdoor shower will both feed the same gray water system, uh, which will actually end up growing food for us and our livestock on the property. So, you know, the idea would be nothing goes to waste. So let's talk about cost here. Um, now, there's a bunch of different, you know, cost levels for IBC totes. Um, these were 75 each. So $150 worth of totes. Probably, you know, when I get, again, I already have the machine screws, but, you know, it's probably $20 worth of hardware to secure the stuff together. Uh, so that takes us to 170. Uh, the last time I checked, that EcoTemp uh, water deal was about 125. So that takes us to 295. Um, I already had some old S hooks that I'm going to use for the shower curtain. But if you had to buy, you know, shower curtain rings and a shower curtain, you're probably in it for another 15 bucks. Uh, so now we're up to, what is that? 310, I think. Um, you know, if you had to buy a brand new propane tank for this, I think new propane tanks are going for like 45 bucks these days filled. So we're at, you know, 355 and, um, you know, the insulation like we're using, it's probably $10 worth of insulation. So 365 and you know let's say you have to buy a 50 foot garden hose in order to supply the water because you don't already have a garden hose but you have a faucet you know that's about another 25 bucks you don't need a heavy duty one for this application so i think that puts us at 370 bucks so let's just let's round up say 400 um you know for 400 bucks you can build a shower stall from nothing and um and every component that I listed, you can probably find cheaper. Uh, I'm just telling you that, like, with no actual work, you could go find those $400 worth of components um, pretty easily. And so, is someone going to drop $400 to put a um, to put a system in like this for fun? Probably not, but. How about if you're developing an, a homestead or if you're developing a property and you don't have um, any infrastructure at all on the property, but it would be nice to take a shower at the end of a long, hard work day, you know, out in the woods. Um, you know, I will say that it, you would probably need to add a hundred dollar pump and maybe another fifty dollars worth of components like strainer and um pipe and stuff like that um and then probably you know 35 bucks for a uh for a drum of water 
And so now you're talking about, you know, now you're talking about close to $600. And again, all of these components can be sourced cheaper. Um, but for $600, you could go out and in one day, as long as you could get water into the barrel, um, in one day, you could have an outdoor shower system completely standalone, ready to go. And so just something to think about, um, you know, especially if you're in the eastern half of the United States where we have a lot of deer ticks, uh, it is nice to have a place where you can kind of strip down and get some water running over you and check yourself for ticks at the end of a long day working in the woods. And so, uh, you know, $700 is, is way less. You know, even if you pimp this thing out, I think you could get it done for less than 700 bucks. Uh, and you, you could even use the existing, um, or the cutout steel and the cutout plastic to make a door. And then you just need to buy some old hinges. Uh, so you could actually do that for probably cheaper than the rings and the shower curtain, but I like the idea of the shower curtain. So that's what we're going to go with. And so, um, if you guys want to check out, I'll probably get some videos up on YouTube, Within the next week or so, I did some recording, um, but we actually had a generator running at the time, and so uh, the audio is not great, so I'm going to have to kind of dub some audio over that, and, um, you know, oh, so let me mention that, so we've got the off-grid, the new off-grid power system up and running, except for the solar panels, Uh, so I bought the extra solar panels from Nicole's workshop, I just haven't gone to the hauler to pick those up yet, and so... um, when I do that, I'll have to build a mount, uh, and then we'll get that up and running. But I do have the charge verter from Signature Solar, and that charge verter uh, with a generator was doing a great job of getting those batteries uh, charged up. So highly recommend that component for now. We'll see if, if it uh, holds up over the long run. And then uh, as I close up today, just a reminder, uh, as of this morning, the Kickstarter is funded at... 200 percent so we asked for 3500 we're over seven grand seven grand was our threshold to add uh the ramp pump uh our next stretch goal is at ten thousand. and i as a reminder i will not ever sell this documentary anywhere we are going to be putting this content together and delivering it to kickstarter backers and that's it now there might be some other content that we <coughs> excuse me i'm sorry that we create as we are going through this, uh, that'll just live on YouTube and stuff like that. But in terms of the actual finished product, um, I will not ever sell this anywhere else. And so that's my pledge to our Kickstarter backers. Uh, so if you want access to this, which is going to be all of the testing information, how the how to and the what for all of these different components, me explaining why these different panels are the ones that we chose, why the different uh, linear current boosters are the ones that we chose, why the pumps are the different pumps that we chose. And then we're going to combine that with uh, how to evaluate and design your own system, 100% soup the nuts, every component that you need, how to determine what your total dynamic head is, other little things to think about in terms of distance, um, all of that stuff. If you want access to that, the only way to get access to it is through the Kickstarter. And it's going to happen because we're more than 100% funded now. So check that out. Just look for solar water pumping uh, at kickstarter.com. 
If you guys have any comments, questions, or things you want me to cover on the podcast, email me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at hackmyhomestead.com. And before I go into another coughing fit, I'm going to wrap it up for today. So thanks, everyone, for joining, and we'll talk to you next time.